Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Ann Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Well, hello again to all of our heart-centered listeners. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host for today, and I am so pleased to introduce my guest, Kathleen Flanagan. Kathleen has been on a spiritual journey for most of her life, but she hasn't always gone willingly. Like a lot of us, When she felt a call from spirit that sounded crazy, she said, no way. And then she gave in and followed that call, always to the benefit of others and with gratitude for the guidance. Kathleen is a national and international multi-award winning author of the book, Dancing Souls, Merging Heaven and Earth, Book One, The Call. She is the founder and CEO of Awakening Spirit, Inc., which produces a line of products that offer an all-natural approach to health. She's a certified aromatherapist, a vibrational expert, trained sound therapist, and an esthetician. Kathleen taught aesthetics at Heritage College, attended the School of Metaphysics, and has taught spiritual principles for over 30 years. Now, combining this background with the proven dream builder technology, Kathleen is helping clients achieve extraordinary results in accelerated time. She's filled with joy and gratitude as she works with people to transform their lives and close the gap between the life they were living and the life that they love living. Kathleen is committed to helping others through the ascension process. Walking through the steps of her own magnificent advancement, Kathleen is honored to support and love others on their spiritual journey. She's an inspiring speaker, passionate educator, and a highly sought-after transformational coach. She offers content-rich interactive workshops that take participants on a journey in which they can design, define, test, and experience a crystal-clear vision of a life they would love a life that is in alignment with their highest purpose. They will have a unique opportunity to step into the life that they are imagining and feel a resounding yes. Kathleen, welcome to the show. You have such an incredible background. For someone who's been on a spiritual journey most of your life, thinking back, what was life like before you started that journey? Well, thank you for having me, Carol. I really appreciate being here. And 
it was not an easy childhood, to say the least. I was told by my uncle that I was a happy-go-lucky kid and everybody thought I was amazingly joyful. And I don't remember any of that because my life didn't appear to be that way. I was a very lost, scared little girl. And when I was 16 is when I actually started moving into my spirit calling. I had gone to an Edgar Casey meeting with my mother at the time, and we did a meditation. So that was the first time I ever meditated. And I received the rod and the staff from who I thought was God, but later learned it was the Archangel Michael and told I was going to change the world. And I thought they were absolutely crazy. I wanted to die. I did not see any value of me at all or being here, why I was here. And I thought if my had the life that my parents had, I would rather be dead. And I was bound and determined to do that. Mm -hmm. That meditation somehow triggered a light inside of me that started to give me just an inkling of hope that something could be better. And I would say I, I ended up in a drug rehab right after that. Shortly thereafter, I ended up in a drug rehab because I was uh, using drugs, nothing major, just, you know, smoked a lot of pot back in the day, but that was enough with my depression. It was enough to send me over the edge. I started to see that life could be different than what I was seeing from my family. And I went on a journey. I started reading Eastern philosophy. I started looking more into Western philosophy. I started really internalizing. I was meditating on a regular basis. I always thought, oh my God, what am I going to find in there? Oh, this ugly, horrible person. And that is not what I found. I actually found peace and tranquility. I started to discover I was something way bigger than I ever dreamed possible. And I just kept pursuing that. I was always asked to do something by the angels. And I've done, I mean, since I was 16 is when I really started this journey and I haven't stopped since. I set up the grid for the new structure of the planet that we're in right now. I've done a lot of work on the background that people don't even know about. 2008, I was asked to go to Chicago. A friend called me out and said, you know, I have these people who need some work. And that's when I said, well, I know what we need to do. And that was through the sound therapy and everything changed. I brought down a whole new modality working with sound that came from the angels. I was totally in the dark during that period. And I'm never in the dark on a journey with my clients. I, I know exactly where you are at all times. If you're not seeing, I am. If you see, I don't see. What was that like for you? To, to be on their journey? I was traumatized. On so many levels, I was traumatized because I kept asking the Archangel Ariel, am I ever going to see again? Because I was in an incredibly high vibration and it was way bigger than I was. And all I did is I just was a vessel for the information coming in and just listening to what they told me to do. Hmm. I was getting guidance through some of the things I was doing on this. And when I went back to Denver, after that 10 days of being in Chicago, I said, I'm going to do this for myself. So I did everything I was doing to the clients. And then I got on the table and they were healing me like what I was doing with them. Even though I wasn't doing the sound, I, everything else was coming through. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so not me doing this right now. It was amazing mm -hmm. to like have an experience because one of my clients said, well, what's it for, like for you? And I said, what are you talking about? Well, what, what do you get when you're on the table? I said, I'm the one bringing this forward. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you know, and that was another thing that really surprised me because 
I never thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just trusted. And the Archangel Ariel had told me, she said, you will make this your own. It will become yours when you become more comfortable. And I can still, to this day, I, I can work on somebody and not have a clue what's going on. I'm an open vessel. There are certain things that I do that I need to do that I get the impression of, and then they just kind of guide me through the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And the client always has an amazing experience. And if they know what happened on the table, they don't ask me. If they don't know, they ask me, and then I get downloaded with all the information. But it's more of a need to know. And my job has always been to just be the vessel. I mean, I know how to handle the energy. I know how to channel the energy. I had people say, I have never seen anyone hold energy like you. I have never, ever seen somebody pull that much energy in. And then you take it and you put it in that person and they get like a minutia amount of what you receive. I said, their body takes what it needs. You know, so whatever they're handling, I just give to them. At what point did you realize that you were the vessel? How did that transpire? It would be when I did the first client when I was bringing this modality forward. The people that came to me had suffered severe atrocities in their life. I mean, major. And I could feel that in their bodies with just working with the sound and their energy fields and not knowing. And I knew nothing. I mean, this lady did not tell me one iota of anything that was coming in on these people. It all came out through the sound sessions for me or they would share it afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away. And I was told that what I needed to do is every night after I was done with the sessions, take a sea salt bath to get rid of the energy because I was taking so much on. And I did. And I was able to keep pushing that energy through because what I also learned at that time is as I was healing them, I was receiving a healing, but it was different from them. And that's how sound works. So my energy's going up. Everybody's holding space in the room for me. They're freezing. I'm hot as hell because I was it was so much energy. Mm. And I just basically ate fruit and afterwards just to try to get grounded because of the amount of energy I was working. And I think because I couldn't see them and what was going on for them on a healing level, I think that's when I realized I was nothing more than a channel. I mean, I could hear what needed to be done and I could see certain things, but what it came to their physical bodies on what I was healing and removing, I had no clue at that point. Mm -hmm. I just had to trust. Right. And it took everything to do that. Can you walk us through the steps of your own awakening process? Eight months later, after all of this, <laughs> I moved to Chicago and that was the journey I had gone to Yellowstone because I was there was a spiritual retreat going there. So I went and that was this whole story of just trusting of I had no money to go. And yet I had all this money when I got there. I had all this money to pay for everything and come back and everything shifted because I just trusted. And then when I was in Chicago, I lived in a little 600 square foot apartment and it was a vortex. I didn't know that then. And there was also things living there that I didn't know at the time either. I basically went back inside of me into a level that I probably don't remember. And since I'm from the Midwest, going to Chicago was like going back to my roots because of the way the people were, it was what I was familiar with. And I wanted to be a better person. I wasn't alone, even though I was alone. 
spirit was always with me. Answers came in the most miraculous ways. I realized that we are never alone on this planet under any circumstance ever, regardless of how we feel, we are never alone. And I was shown that over and over again. I had messages that came in. I had experiences. There was one time where I was actually pulled out of my body. And the story that started with this one is I went to Costco and I bought the biggest bag of Doritos I could find. I have no idea. I just went, put them in my cart and I came, it was like, I snapped out and like, what are you doing? You don't eat this stuff. And I left it because something said, leave it alone. Okay. I lived on that for three days because I literally left my body. My spirit was off doing whatever it was doing. I found out later, months later, what actually had happened. But my spirit had left my body. I wasn't taking a shower. I wasn't eating. Wow. I couldn't cook. And all I could do was eat the Doritos because it was like, I didn't know what to do. And I got to realize that our spirit makes our body move. Our body needs our spirit to be able to move forward. So that was a really huge undertaking that I had taken on. But it was also, I was making a decision at that point if I wanted to stay or leave because my mission was done. So I spent three days out in the ethers wondering what I was going to do. And I had friends that were really concerned and they thought I was going to commit suicide or something, which I wasn't because I couldn't even think like that. I was just in this really weird, funky, low place and I couldn't find why. And I started to come out of it. When I came out of it, everything was fine, but it took a while to get there. Do you know what triggered it? I don't. I think a lot of it had to do with, I was doing the things that Archangel Ariel had asked me to do. She told me in October there was going to be an entity coming to me, which he did. His name was Dorian. They were showing me that in another lifetime, in another world, I was actually manipulating DNA to make us better people. I wonder if that goes back to something you had said earlier, that you wanted to be a better person. I did. Was there a connection? There was so much work that was coming in around to explain what happened. And because I never felt like I belonged here on earth. I, it just was never home. And I always want to go home, wherever that is. And so I started to understand more as far as what happened, why this happened, why I was working on all this energy work for the planet to help heal her. This was all downloaded at the first part of the book. It was downloaded that I actually had my DNA altered so I can get into the reptilian world. I was completely erased. Mm -hmm. So I can get in there and, and I did atrocities based on what I saw. I did a lot of atrocities. So I was making up for that. But the way it was presented was I would remember who I was. I would remember. There was so much faith in me that I would remember all of this. And I haven't had an easy life by any stretch of the imagination, but I kept moving forward because I made that decision a long time ago that this was my last lifetime. And so you better do it now because I ain't coming back. Not in darkness. You know, I wanted to come back in full remembrance and play. I think a lot of us feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> the main thing was because I did want to be a better person, I never wanted to be better because I thought I was fine because I was always told I was never good enough. But something shifted. And I started to realize that love does heal all. Compassion is huge. Opening your heart, because this was the biggest part, was opening my heart. 
And then I started realizing that God is amazing because how he can love us with what we do to each other and this planet, it was like, I would spend time just saying, just kill us all, including me, because I don't think we're deserving. When you start opening your heart, you start seeing things and feeling things in a way that is painful. Yes, there's a vulnerability. And it's like, how do I be like him? How do you love through this? And you just find a way. Because I think a lot of people want that. You push through it. Yeah. I think people want to be good. I think they just don't have the tools or the information. I think we were designed to be like lose our memories. We were designed for a lot of things. We were programmed to be inducted into, you know, the rat race, so to speak. And I think our spirits come out and start saying, I, there's got to be something more than this. So we move through our discontent. And I think that was probably the biggest thing in Chicago was I was out of my element. I got to look at me in a way I never really looked at myself. I saw my magnificence that I took a long time to be able to accept because I think we're more afraid of our magnificence and greatness than we are of our smallness. And to be invisible and small was way easier to play than what I'm playing now. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes that light can be overwhelming at first. Yes. And I was just going to say, people have told me that people plug into me all the time because my light is so huge. And I'd like, what are you talking about? Because I couldn't see that. And yet it's like everyone could see it. And, and so when I was in Chicago, I learned to step back and observe my life. I learned to move forward, like co-create with spirit. So like if I knew I could do something, do that until I couldn't do it anymore. And then sit back and wait, which is hard, but I did. And then when I got inspiration to move forward, that's how I started to see how you co-create with spirit. Because it is a giving and receiving. And the biggest thing I needed to learn, and I was told, is you need to learn to receive. Mm -hmm. And in Illinois, I received a lot on many levels. But I needed that support system. And that's how I could understand love conquers all. You know, the power of somebody just holding space and allowing you to be who you are and not belittling you or demeaning you. I learned to have boundaries that I never had before. I found my voice. I mean, it was like this amazing transformation that was happening. And I was going through hell in my head because the head trash was just mind-blowing to work through all of the garbage, you know, all the lies that we were told throughout our life. I mean, every bit of it was up in my face. And I just kept saying, but that's not who I am. As I kept moving forward through this dark night, of the soul, I just kept moving forward into it. And I started releasing more. There was a lot of emotional healing that came on because we can heal in our head. We can heal our physical body, but to heal emotionally, that's the hardest thing to do, to want to trigger that emotional healing. And when I started doing that, it was like the weight on my shoulders was gone. My voice softened up. I was able to laugh and smile more. I wasn't so angry and pissy and grumpy and all the things that we get when you just feel like somebody's always irritating you. I didn't have that nagging stuff going on anymore. And it was amazing. And then we're talking, it was a tsunami of emotion, tsunami, way beyond ugly cry. I can imagine. When the emotional healing occurs, so many other things occur on so many different levels within various bodies. 
I'm curious, what have you learned through your own life experiences that if there were one or two things that you could share with others that would help them bring more light and joy into their life in such an insane world that we're living in right now? Yeah. Yeah. This world is challenging, even for me. I know I understand I created a lot of this, but it's still challenging at times. I would say one of the biggest things is feel the fear and walk through it anyways, because the fear is an illusion. And if you can walk through your fear, the gifts that are on the other side of that fear are amazing. I would say open your heart would be another thing, because when you open your heart, you understand who you are. Establishing boundaries isn't horrible. Finding your voice is like, you know, you're not a bitch as people always want to call women when they stand up for themselves. And that name calling has to come to an end. And I would say those are probably the biggest things because through that, I started to feel lighter. Life was, was becoming a lot easier. Things were flowing. I was able to observe my life instead of being on the stage and in the drama of it. Because when you sit back, you can start seeing the players in your life. And when you see the players and what they're doing, and you either engage with it or you don't. And sometimes it's not worth engaging. And getting that kind of garbage out of my life was huge because it was, I was finally saying, I'm worthy, I'm deserving, I'm good, and I don't care what you think anymore because I like me. And that was probably the biggest thing was me feeling that I am worthy. And I know who I am because they showed me how big and magnificent I am. Mm. I'm still very humbled by it because sometimes it's still like, really? <laughs> yes. And I think that's just the human condition that we just still think we're small. Yes, we, we do. And there's two things I just wanted to kind of summarize that you said was like, feel the fear and walk through it. Just move through it because it's going to carry you forward. And then the other thing was to open your heart. And when we open our heart, I think what you were saying is when you open your heart, you, you see yourself first and begin to love yourself. And when you begin to love yourself, then you begin to see the world and see others in a better way or a different way. Very true. Yes. What, in your opinion, I think there was something we had a conversation or maybe I read this somewhere around the, the faces of transformation. Can you share a little bit more about that as part of the transformational process? Pretty much anything that happens in our life can move us into transformation. And the one thing when I started moving and changing, I started looking at life differently. It wasn't, it's being done to me. I got out of the victim mentality and I started taking responsibility. And a case in point was I had a water loss in my home around Christmas time in 2016. I also moved my offices at that time and we had these movers and the, the one of the movers decided he liked me as a 20 year old kid. He sent me a very illicit picture and I was just floored by it. And I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then here's the water loss and I'm having to file, file charges against them. And spirit told me they had to, because he stole my contact information because I had no idea how he got it. Cause everything we had done was through like the iPad. He says, I signed nothing. 
well, they actually had a hard sheet. He went in, he got it, he stole it and did all this. So this was going on. And I mean, all I did was cry during this period. Cause every time I talked to the DA's office, I was in hysterical tears. And I'm like, why are you crying? You resolved all this sexual stuff. No, I hadn't. I hadn't. And so what I did during that period of time, instead of why is this happening to me and oh, poor me. And I was like, what's the lesson here? And the main thing was, is that my, the way my, cause it was my bathrooms. I had no bathrooms in my house during that period. And I got to see like the internal plumbing. So I took that to my body. So here's the internal plumbing. I get to see what's going on and how it's all does its thing. Then I had to, I went to court with this guy and the judge, thank God, had me be last. And I, I just sobbed and I didn't want to harm this kid, but he had to learn yet this, what he did was very inappropriate. And if he did it to me, he's going to do it to others and possibly did. And then how young is he going to go? I mean, I'm an old lady as far as I'm concerned compared to what he had done. And, and I basically had said that, and I worked with his probation officer of what we could do to help him because I really didn't want to destroy his life. That wasn't the purpose. He chose to do that himself though. But he basically said I was a broken person. That's how he observed me. And so that meant he could attack women because I was broken. I was stunned. And the judge let him know that she's not broken. Oh dear. She's a very strong, powerful woman. And you need to start seeing people for who they are and not what you think they are. And the judge had said, he said, I have always known that when you injure a child at a young age, it lives with them the rest of their life. And you are a prime example of what happened to you in your childhood. And I, I was like floored, first of all, that a man said it. And secondly, that I actually was heard. Mm hmm. And I realized at that moment, because what I had done also was I had transformed this energy on this planet for women, for men, abuse, standing up for ourselves. It was like there was this downpouring of energy that I had never felt before because there was a major healing that came in that a man actually recognized in a court of law because women are always the victims. And we're always treated like we're the ones that caused it. And this changed. And I looked at this kid and I thought, he and I made a pact to do this. You know what I mean? In some previous life, right? Yeah. This was a huge transformation because, you know, sexual abuse or being hunted like that, it does things, you know, and it's just wrong. And to sit there and take this atrocity that happened and looking at sexual abuse in a whole new light and shifting was huge. That was a huge transformation. But the, what was I kept asking? What's this about? Why is this happening? I need to understand what am I not looking at? And so when you start looking, internalizing the answers, it's amazing what comes forward. And I was told at the, at the hearing was, you are no longer a victim, you are a survivor, but you don't know what that means yet. And they were exactly right because it took the integration and coming to peace with it. And I had people say, you need to take him to court. You need to go to court. And I'm like, no, I'm not showing up. You have to. So I listened to people. I trusted what they said. It was the hardest thing I ever did in my life, but I did it. And I think all women need to do that when something like this happens because it does set you free. 
So I think part of the transformation, when I say many faces, it's anything that's happening in your life, there's a reason. You just have to find it and you have to ask the questions. So what did you learn from that going forward? It changed my life, totally changed my life. In what way? I think it was, I felt free. You know, when you're subject to abuse, you always feel like a prisoner. There's something that they do to your brain and how we internalize things. And I don't feel that way. I, I felt like because this judge heard me, I could speak up for myself and I do, and I don't care anymore. And I don't have to be nice if I don't want to. If you're infringing on me, I'm going to tell you. And sometimes I might scream it just a little bit because you're not listening. I think that's a lot of it is that I just took my power back in a way that I didn't even know I didn't have. And I felt free. I felt lighter. It was like things started moving in a more positive direction in my life. I felt like I could come out in the world now because I was working on coming out into the world when this all happened. Like I was wanting to get into podcasting and bring in my gifts to the world. And I was terrified. Not anymore. I just started doing it. I just, this creative process that came right after that was mind blowing what I did in such a short period of time. My whole life experiences, it's like my life had value. And I didn't know that until after that court hearing. Right. And that was part of your fear too. You walked through your fear. Totally walked through my fear. I was terrified. I went kicking and screaming every step of the way, Carol. I can just imagine. I want to shift gears a little bit here, just kind of fast forward a little bit, mm -hmm. because you had setting up the grid. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Well, the planetary grid, I mean, you know, we have an electrical grid on the planet mm -hmm. and it's all wired the way it is. And what I started doing 20, 30 years ago is I started rewiring the grid for the new light energy coming in. And I even went all the way up until 2017 when we had the solar eclipse and I went to Tennessee to see that. That was an amazing experience. But I went all the way. We were just going along the grid lines that a friend of mine at the time and I were just redesigning the grids. Like we're just like finally putting in the final pieces and we put crystals down and all sorts of things that we were doing and prayers to really bind this together. But at one point when I was first starting to do this, I actually had a dream that I was pulled out and I got to see the earth from above and they lit it up. And it was like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. I mean, it was just this beautiful golden light all across the planet. So that means that we were, it was getting there. It wasn't fully activated, but they showed me what it will look like when it was activated. And that happened in July, August of 2017, during that solar eclipse, we had finished aligning the grid. What is your projection now as a result of that happening for the planet? Every night I pray that the people wake up and remember who they are. I pray for our country and that the good that's still sitting in our government actually can send the light to the darkness because we are in a war on many levels. We are in a war of good and evil. Indeed. I think when we, the people, remember who we are, we will take back our planet, not our government, our planet. And it's we, the people, because I have been saying forever, there are more of us than them, but we have to align. We have to remember 
We have to support each other and allow this light, as hard as it is for this light to penetrate our bodies, all it's doing is bringing the light into the dark recesses of who we are. So when I was in Chicago, all that darkness that was coming up, I because I was working in so much intensity that it had to go into the body. And what did it do? It pulled everything up. Just recently, I fired my VA. She was sabotaging everything that I was doing. And it took me a while to see that. And when I finally saw it, it was like, I get why she was in my life because I kept saying, not knowing I was still calling myself a fraud because she kept calling me a fraud. And I'm like, I'm not a fraud. I know I'm not. Clearly, look what I've done for you. And it was like, oh my God. And once I saw that, I mean, that was even more liberating because I'm like, why did I bring her in? And I was like, I'm still seeing that I have things that in my unconscious mind. And that was it because I had no idea I was calling myself a fraud because I'm like, I'm not. But why is she saying that? <gasps> She's projecting. And it's like, no, you still had that thought. Again, another transformation. People are gifts for us. Always a gift. Always a gift. And sometimes we don't like the messenger very much, but we thank them because that stopped me. So what happened then? All of a sudden, I have this whole new set of flow coming into my life. I mean, it's just when you step back and observe and watch the gifts come forward, even though you're going through not, maybe not something pleasant, there's always going to be a reward on the other side. You just have to sit back and be patient and wait for it to come. But it will come always. We're always learning. You're absolutely right. And that's part of our soul's evolution, isn't it? Yep, it is. There's a question I want to ask you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your book and how your book can help others? The book is the journey of an awakening spirit. And this is what all of the grand masters of our times have gone through. They're still human. I'm still human. I'm awake. That's all it is, is I'm awake. It's how you process going through the dark night of the soul. It's what you go through. It's looking at your head trash, moving through it. The only thing that I came to the realization of during this ascension wake up process is I still feel, I still get angry. I still get pissy. All those emotions are still there. I'm just awake and I don't have an excuse anymore of I don't know. But in that process is how I learned how to just let go and just start trusting more and realize that I'm not alone. I am taken care of. I've always been taken care of, even when I'm in the midst of a gripping fear. Like I'm creating something major right now. And two days ago, it was like, I am so overwhelmed. And I was just, oh my God, I just want to go and hide it. And I felt it. And then I was like, okay, it's okay. What you're going to do is you're going to leave the office. You're going to go home. You're going to breathe. And instead, I went and did a job and came back and went back to work because I had to just shift my attention. And, and today I'm like, I'm so excited about it. It's like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know what I mean? But it was amazing how two days ago I was terrified where you're just like, I can't move. I can't breathe. And it's like, you got to breathe. That's when I'm getting support from spirit because, you know, after 90 seconds, you're going to move through the fear. Overwhelm sometimes takes a little longer. And that to me, if I'm overwhelmed, just redirect my attention. And that's how I shift out of overwhelm. And so when I did this job, it was like, okay, I can come back to work now because I'm like, I really shifted. It wasn't like I was working on what I was working on. 
I literally did something totally unrelated to what I was on and it just flipped everything. I know the feeling. Yes, you broke the pattern. Yeah, totally different because all of a sudden, what do I find? I find this really cool design for a pop-up because I'm going to do a show in Vegas in September. And I'm like, I've been looking for something like this. And all of a sudden I find it in like the price range I want it. Where did that come from? I've been searching the internet for like two weeks. And all of a sudden today it comes up. Why? Because I went through an overwhelm and it's in the price point, more in the price point of where I want it. And so your perspective is totally different now. So it's like, well, okay, that works. Tell spirit what you want. What do you want? Get specific, get clear. That's part of the whole dream process too, is get very clear and specific because the universe will answer you. You just have to be specific and have the intention behind it. Exactly. And as you know, this podcast is really all about inspiring others to tap into their own inner wisdom, but at the same time, facing their fears and the demons and all of the things that are going to be around the corner all the time. What haven't we shared today that you would like to cover or share? Trust yourself. Just trust yourself because only you know what you need. Only you know what's going on in your head 24 seven. And if it's garbage, then look at it, bless it, thank it because it served a purpose and let it go. And I've been hearing people say this more, but I remember I used to be a migraine sufferer and I, I mean, I did everything for 20 years trying to find out what it is that I can do to get rid of the migraines. And there was a whole gambit of things. And when I finally exhausted all the physical sides of what I could do for migraines, I was down for the count and I asked my body, I said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. And a message came through. You asked me that if I ever get too close to the light, you want me to stop you. And how does it stop me? Migraines, because that's the only thing that could ever stop me was a migraine. Wow, that is amazing. And I was so floored when I heard that message from my body and I said, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you really protecting me and taking care of me, but I'm okay now. I'm, I'm okay, I'm safe. And I want to go through the light and thank you for your service. I never had a migraine since. I set that up for me. That's my ego. That's another side of our ego that's protecting us because it's designed to protect us. And if I made a vow to myself, not remembering it, but my ego remembers because it follows me in every lifetime. So if I asked it to do that, because I died many, 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 many lifetimes for the light many lifetimes. And so I didn't want to die for the light. And that was, and I remember as a young child, I told God, I said, I, I don't want to die through the light. I, I just don't want to. And they said, you won't, you will have a very peaceful death. I've had a lot of atrocity, horrible, horrible deaths that I have been allowed to see. And they said, not this time, this time I will die peacefully. I will leave on my terms when I'm ready. And it won't be through like anything tragic. It's like, I will just leave my body. It's amazing that our ego will do anything to protect us, even preventing us from getting too close to the light. Yeah. What I find is the most amazing part of our journey is when we're feeling the fear, it's because our ego is terrified it's going to die. But if it knows it's coming along, but we're going to transform it, 
then it becomes our best friend because our technically our ego is supposed to be sitting in our back seat, not driving the car. That's right. And we're the ones in the back seat and it's driving the car. <laughs> right. Well, I want to go back to one thing you just said. The one thing you could do is trust yourself. A lot of people today don't trust themselves. How do they trust themselves? The easiest way, get off your phone, get off the TV and start meditating because that's going to be the fastest way for you to discover who you truly are. And you're a beautiful person, regardless of what people say or what you think of yourself. That is so far from the truth because we're all magnificent beings. We all have an incredible light, but we don't see it. And the only way you're going to start seeing it is if you stop the chatter, stop moving and go inside. That's where you're going to find the most healing you will ever find. That's what saved my life on many occasions. I mean, it saved my life at 16 because I was going to commit suicide. And when I got back into meditating, probably when I was in my early 20s and I was doing this as a, a regular thing, I found a piece that I didn't know was there. It just like it just starts emanating through you. Have I been a very disciplined meditator? No. I wasn't, but I have very disciplined when I first started doing it. I learned a lot of different techniques. I found the techniques that work the best for me. And what I'm giving your listeners is a three-minute de-stress your life meditation, and it's a sound meditation, and it balances your chakras. Listen to it whenever, put your intention on. And what it's going to do, it's going to start a healing on a cellular level. It's going to get you balanced. It's going to help you feel calm and relaxed. So if you go out, you don't have to like commit road rage because somebody did something stupid. You're going to be in a peaceful place and everybody has three minutes. And sound is so profound anyways, that I think it's a good way to start for people to just feel, because you're listening to tones. That's all you're listening to is tones. You're not necessarily having all the mind chatter going on because you're just feeling this really cool sounds. And then you come up and you're awake. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, this is exciting. So you're going to gift all of our listeners a three-minute meditation of sounds. Yes. Uh, that's wonderful. How can others connect with you and find out more about you? Well, I have a website. It's KathleenMFlanagan.com and all of my services are on there. If you want to learn more about sound, it's out there. So if you went on the de-stress link under services, there's a whole page of explaining what sound therapy is. My book's there and it's also on Amazon. I'm on Facebook at Kathleen M. Flanagan Coach and I'm on Instagram at KathleenM.Flanagan. Oh, beautiful. Well, we'll be sure to include all of that on our show notes. And Kathleen, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and just sharing your story and sharing your words of wisdom. I know it's going to be a great benefit to all of our listeners here. And I just want to wish you the best with your future endeavors. Well, thank you, Carol. I look forward to us circling back at some point in the future. Oh, I would love that. That would be great. I appreciate you having me on your show today. It's been awesome. And I want to thank all of our listeners for being with us again today. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out at heartsriseup.com and check out our new community on Mighty Networks. You can find a link to that at the top of the menu at heartsriseup.com. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now. 
We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.